Once again, answering the question, how you living? You know what? Not bad. Not bad. Yeah? You're enjoying uh, what's going on these days? This this early January, uh, follow-up to our Obama farewell episode, our it, coexistence with uh, the Trump world, I guess. Yeah, yeah, so far. They, they've been going, well, they've, they've been doing the things that... I expected them to do basically. Right. But there's some unexpected things too. <clears throat> I mean to the unexpected to be expected, of course, with the uh the change candidacy that he ran on, so but uh here we are, man. We're uh we're live in North Seattle once again. It's uh January twenty fourth. Uh we're here to talk about how we uh we can continue to enact change. We gotta put up the fight. And uh, going forward, uh, you know, there's more work to be done than there probably would have been regardless. So yeah, it's time to go to work. Uh, with that in mind, though, uh, folks, uh, those who listen, fans of the show, we have one segment, one segment only currently. Well, we have a second segment that we're discussing called personal segments. But our main segment is called callbacks. And that's where we take, callbacks. we take a moment to go back over mostly the previous episode, but sometimes uh, further back, and uh, we review some of our opinions, maybe, or or hear what we said and uh, add to it. So, uh, with that, Chaz, uh, do you have any callbacks from our last week by Barry episode? No, actually, I guess other than maybe, hey Barry, hey Michelle, stay classy, because you know they treated Malia in a very classy way. And Trump was just like, "Fuck this hoe." Oh, yeah. The uh, <clears throat> the 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 post inauguration kind of like White House handover thing is uh, it's kind of awkward and it's sad to see our guy having to to leave it to him to the Trump. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, my callbacks. Uh, first of all, you're not Chase. That's one thing. <laughs> I don't know what happened like halfway into the. Uh, into the podcast, I, I started calling you Chase. I, I do work with a Chase, so I'm 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 blaming that for that situation. But uh, that's one callback. You are Chaz. If you usually I spell it with a Z, but if you change the Z to an S and add an E, yeah, it's not far. It's Chase. Yeah. yeah, it might be. Yeah, it's your like nickname, Chaz. Chase. You know. I'm like, Wait, that's longer. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm I'm calling back to that and. Uh, other than that, yeah, it was a pretty solid uh, goodbye. Um, I would definitely critique my use of uh, Barry clips. I probably could have selected some better clips. So. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, you know, they were kind of haphazardly put together at the fl- on the fly. So uh, that's my, my personal critique callback. But uh, moving forward, I mean, we're in the new episode. We're in the new era. Um, this is what? Monday was yesterday, so today's Tuesday. He got inaugurated on Friday. Yeah. So, I mean, this is only the second working day. 
Uh, yeah, he did some stuff Friday. He did some stuff yesterday. He did some stuff today. Yeah. Uh, so of what what's been going on, uh, what what's really kind of stood out to you that you uh, you've taken note on, um, as far as what their what the mandate is and what they're doing. <sighs> so the things that are very bothersome for me is him silencing various uh government agencies that deal with the safety of things. Okay. Right. Like, I mean, EPA, for instance. The EPA and the USDA, for start. Like, basically, are you saying that you don't want us to know new things that come out about our food and our environmental protections? Now, now we've known, like, from the people that he put up for his cabinet and also just, like, what he's fighting for. And I think that's why also Mike Pence became his candidate, is he's been big on the EPA has unnecessary regulations. So... He doesn't. He basically doesn't want the EPA basically saying, "I think this EP." Well, I don't know this for sure. I'm only surmising that he wants to basically tell the EPA, "Hey, I think your shit's unnecessary. I don't want you going." Well, no, actually, it is necessary, and this is because. And the thing that gets me is um, the conservative uh, pundits I've been listening to. They agree with them. They they're they're just like environmentalism is stupid. Why? Because we want to create jobs, and I'm just like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's 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 mind-boggling as far as his appointees are going and as a concern because uh, yeah, he's literally putting people in charge of things that people have either worked in profitable enterprises in those industries, so have a hundred percent levy to gain, and then uh, also putting people who are opposed to the things that they're leading. Yeah, which is which is new to me. I'm not I'm not used to that as characteristic of appointees in my at least known kind of political history. I haven't I haven't ever seen that type of and uh, yeah, and just the the dignity of the people in general. Like I mean, Obama's cabinet even to start it was it was a lot. I mean, it was a lot of the Harvard elites, and that was kind of what everyone reflected later after the bubble was that. You know, maybe he shouldn't have relied so much on those Harvard elites like Timothy Geithner and uh, uh, he had a press secretary. But yeah, it was uh, they were they were legitimate leaders in fields, not like money makers in enterprises, you know, not like CEOs. Yeah. But, you know, that old networking adage is not what you know, is who, you know, and that's this is like the epitome of that right now. 100 percent true. Yeah. But I think the other thing that people have to look out for and the thing that we're really going to have to battle and I think they're going to try to pull the wool over our eyes when they're really big on making it is that the battle for net neutrality neutrality is going to make a resurgence. Yeah. Because I can't remember the name of the guy who was just appointed head of the FCC, but I do know that he was the only Republican on the panel of five on the FCC, and he thinks that net neutrality is a bunch of bullshit. Wow, yeah. And again, I sur- I heard the Republican pundits again saying like net neutrality is bullshit. And I would say that is actually one thing I can maybe convince y'all to be like it's not quite bullshit. Jay Clayton is the uh, pick for the SEC. The FCC? SEC, the Security Exchange Commission? No, FCC. Oh, FCC. Federal Communications Commission. Okay, I see what you're saying. Oh, his FCC pick is deciding that net neutrality. Oh, wow. Because uh, I wasn't even aware the FCC had jurisdiction over the Internet. That's that's interesting. Um, 
Yeah, net neutrality, but I could see it from a business standpoint. The reason that's why they're pitching it is because for them, they can make money off of it. Because it creates a new market. True, know? but yeah. if you're a free market Republican, you you should think that's bullshit as well too. Because you can't be a free market Republican on an internet that has net neutrality. And the other thing is, you want to turn into uh, China. China has so many blocks on different things. They actually curtail what you can look at on the internet in that country. Yeah. Do they eventually want us to just curtail? Like, I guess if Trump is trying to go into like Trump tyranny. Then he's going to curtail the internet to only show the things that he wants us to see. Yeah, exactly. And that's the danger of that. That's why you got to fight against that. Because things like this won't be heard. How are you going to listen to podcasts of your favorite things, right? How are you going to watch your TV shows in a very convenient manner? How are you going to consume news in a very convenient manner? Like, if it doesn't. Like, net neutrality is a big fucking deal, people. And, like, if you don't think it is, then you may not use the internet as often as you do. But if you want your internet to be free to everybody, just like you want a free market to be open to everybody, then we're going to have to do some, uh, we're, we're going to have to do canvassing, we're going to have to sign petitions, and we're going to tell the, the FCC, hell to the no. <laughs> hell to the no. Hell to the no, no, no. That's a callback to last week as well. <laughs> uh yeah, it's uh it's it's a it's a crazy new frontier, man. There's a uh, I mean, we have to keep up the fight for the environment. That's like one of the main like mainstays that I see because if 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 he gets a hold of these corporations and they're able to just kind of go through aimlessly trying to get m- minerals and materials out of like national park lands or who knows where they're going to go, you know, and try and make a buck uh it's and and then let alone the just opposing of it in general so that would that would mean he'll mitigate uh carbon taxes and and reasons for people to not produce more pollutants that would increase the climate effect and so yeah i think in order to do this you have to like i hate to say it but we need to find a common ground with them because i only say that because basically in their mind we've just gone the environment's important. Add sanctions. Fuck you. Right? That's how they feel. Right. And basically, they're like, well, that fuck you means I can't make jobs. And if I can't make jobs, the American people can't work. Would you not like the American people? You like Mother Earth more than you like the American people? What the fuck is wrong with you? Right? So. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's a crazy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if this gives us some insight in what you were talking about, about net neutrality. I have an FCC video. Says Trump has appointed two anti. Ooh, it's it's not a spoken word one, so I gotta read it. No, it sounds like Jeffrey Eisenach is a scholar at the American Enterprise Institute, and he opposed and called crony capitalism pure and simple is what net neutrality is. So he's blaming government, and then Mark Jamison's a former lobbyist for Sprint is the other person that they're saying is making him where he's made the argument that net neutrality is hindering the very innovation it is there to protect so i i how exactly yeah i mean because it's only protecting a market really it's only protecting uh like no, it, the, the ability to sell uh, a faster corporate net essentially no it's it net neutrality would allow people to either accelerate or throttle One's connection based on certain uh, websites. So 
So what you could say, like, what would it allow someone like Sprint to do or, or someone like Comcast? Is pitch a bunch of money to the cable companies. No, 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 no. It would allow them to say if I, say if I wanted the basic internet package, it would be like basic internet where I could only look at these these websites only. No other websites I could look at. And then I would have to pay more to look at other websites. But even that, if uh, if they wanted to and if it goes through, then that means they could give preferences to, uh, like, say Hulu wanted to pay in money to have faster connection speeds, but then Netflix didn't want to buy into that. So then that would cause people to gravitate to Hulu more so than Netflix and let, instead of them having free market to compete against each other. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. <clears throat> well, what's interesting is that the uh, the companies that are going to argue this are the companies that own and host the backbones, uh, the Google Fibers, the uh, you know the Verizons, the the T-Mobiles in this print, as you mentioned, like because those are going to be the ones that are going to have to implement whatever change is decided, and they're the ones that are going to decide the fee structure and yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be weird. I I mean, we gotta fight for net neutrality. I think at this point, right now, in my understanding, unless he can make it a Republican agenda to remove net neutrality, it's gonna be a hard sale, especially for any of those Republican candidates that want to win re-elections. So in a second year, you know, two years from now. So. Yeah, but no, we uh, you have to listen to Republican pundits. So Republican pundits are saying. I think net neutrality is bullshit. Mm. The people who listen to that, who who are basically like, so I'm worried about the people who are in the bubble because like our bubbles haven't bursted, right? Our bubbles are still our bubbles. Like some of our bubbles are interacting with each other, but when it comes to that case, it's uh, if someone like Laura Ingram or Mark Levin is saying, I think net neutrality is bullshit. And that person is really heavily based on uh, appeal to authority fallacy, which a lot of the people are because they're experts or, you know, they're taking the time to understand policies and stuff. Yeah. But it's their word alone that they take and they don't fully flesh out why they feel the way they feel. Then those people are just going to parrot those views. And then they're just going to when someone goes, uh, oh, yeah, I don't like net neutrality. And they're just going to go net neutrality is bullshit. And you're going to go, why? Because it is. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that that's my worry. My worry is like if we're going to start talking about net neutrality, we got to start talking about it now. We got to start telling people this is why you don't want net neutrality. Right. Well, and that's kind of I mean it to Or a, this is sorry, this is why you want net neutrality. This is why you don't want net neutrality to go away. Yeah, the anti-net neutrality stance that that some of these Republicans are are standing for. Yeah, it's going to be uh an interesting battle along with that environmental question we we laid in on i mean uh their their fronts are massive i mean cuz each state you know is <clears throat> is going to follow form if they have a republican leadership in their house and senates as well and and uh and the governorships are almost all republican so it's uh it's a trying time if the republican agenda becomes very anti you know liberal net neutrality and uh and uh, it opposes environmentalism and all those type things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's like 
I know why they're doing it. So he he's definitely like I don't. I mean, like I I was listening to uh, Laura Ingram today, and uh, she she wanted people to call in to say if these EPA regulations are overturned, what would that allow you to do financially? And all the dude could say was like, oh, my wife owns a small business and she really likes not having the EPA regulations. Like, OK, first of all, if you don't know what the EPA regulations do. Yeah. You should probably read up on it first before you're like, this is all bad. But secondly, if you don't know what EPA uh, regulations are holding you back, why the fuck are you so happy for them to go away? Like, I'm I'm fine with you being like. I think the EPA regulations are bad. I'm not fine for you saying you don't know why. Yeah, it's it's uh it's difficult to argue with uh their their arguments just because like most of them are just coming from nonsensical places, you know, just not you're not using facts, not using actual data. Um I mean, <clears throat> You saw the whole uh, Sean Spicer thing, right? Uh, Dude, post the uh, after the 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 inauguration, where he was all everything became about numbers of of people that appeared or didn't appear at the inauguration. Right. What, what, what like what should we we should be scary of is one. He's trying to paint media like they're false. Like this is this is fascism one on one people. Right, if you guys aren't looking, you're gonna get got, so you better start fucking looking. But the thing that gets me is if you looked at the press conference today, he knew exactly who the fuck he was gonna call on. There was no let me raise my hand and I'm gonna select you. It was I have a list of fucking people. These are the only people who are allowed to talk. Wow. That is Trump's presidency right there. Wow. And people didn't catch that shit. He was like very strong. He's like, I know what I'm talking about. And did he have good answers? Fuck no, he didn't have good answers. He didn't give any thorough explanation for questions of like, oh god, what did they ask him? Well, I guess they asked him like they asked him about the EPA and why they shut him down, or like not shutting down, but shut him down from talking. And then he said he said that they made a mistake with their own internal reports when it came to talking about things. So that's what they were dealing with. But I think that's an obfuscation. Uh, I think he's really just trying to be like the EPA is going to be like no these people are wrong and and then the people who want to create jobs are going to be like no 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 alternative facts right so in one particular tweet to minimize the enormous support that had gathered on the national mall this was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration period period in person and around the globe and around the globe when i say this was an extraordinary saturday in the life of america sir. i didn't even know brian williams was still on tv <laughs> right like he said that like it, you know he sounded like a dad whose child was like can we go to disneyland can we go to disneyland can we go to disneyland he's all like you know what we cannot afford to go to disneyland yeah period Period. Right. Period. Even though his bitch ass could afford to go to Disneyland four times fucking over. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, stop lying to your fucking children. And they lived in Anaheim, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Golly gee. It's, it's, it's tough out there, man. I mean, but they, they did adjust pretty quickly. I will give him the ability to know that he got criticized for that tirade because that's the, the one thing the right criticized him about that, too. They're right. like, why the fuck do you care about numbers? 
right? And oh, and Lindsey Graham today, because Trump is still on this thing about saying 1.6 million illegal votes were put in in my election. Like, why the fuck do you care? Okay, well, sometimes in this Trump world, it, it makes you feel like you want to get away. And that's kind of like, I think in the American tradition, is a road trip. So I want to ask you right now, man, what's your favorite road trip related movie? You know what I mean? You've got, clearly you've got the classically titled Road Trip. Yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of a gimme. But uh, you got Thelma and Louise. They go on a little bit of a road trip. That's true, that's you true. You know, No Country for Old Men. That guy went on a Fuck little... that movie. That guy went on a little <laughs> bit of a road trip. Uh, with Tom Cruise and... Uh, in in Rain Man, when they drive, they drive around a lot in that car. I Dustin think, Hoffman. I think I've had to pick a favorite one, and it would be Euro Trip. Euro is that is that? Do they hit the road? I mean, they're using trains and stuff, right? I mean, yeah, that, yeah, that they they they're basically traveling. Like they're 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 backpackers in Europe. It, it's it, and they do drive at one point, and then they find this really fake uh fake Easter European country where, like, everything is, like, basically they they live like kings and queens based on their American dollars. They're like, how much is that? Uh, I don't know. It's in their, their cost, but how much is that in America? Oh, like a dollar? They're like, what? Like, so they got, like, lobster and all this for a dollar. <laughs> it has Michelle Trachtenberg in it, if you remember her from Harriet the Spy. That's why I watched it. <laughs> it was because of her? Yeah, I mean, she she I but like when I first saw it, I was like Michelle Trachtenberg can get it, so why not? Yeah, then then so you're gonna you're gonna give it a go. All right, let's see let's see if this uh, if this tantalizes our desire for uh, a road trip. We shall see. Brought to you by Chaz, the man, Simone. For centuries, Europe has offered American tourists its culture, its culinary arts, and its mime. Can we please just get out of here? This guy is really creeping me out. Now, it's payback time. Two friends, two twins, eight countries. Europe. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of, of other empty compartments. Oh, it's got, uh... What, what the hell are you doing? Fred Armisen. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Oh, no! No, 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 no. Well, there you go. That's the, uh... That's the trailer to Eurotrip, Chaz's favorite road trip comedy. It looks fun. It looks fun. I like that. You know, you... So is what you're saying is in this Trump world, you know, maybe... Maybe even extend out a little bit. Maybe go on a little Euro trip. Yeah, you might or, you might need to go on a Euro trip. Like, well, I mean, or just Netflix that movie. Like, like, okay, so, oh yeah, that brings up another thing. Another, so there's there's two. So I guess, okay, there, there's two like personal segments I wanted to do. One, I basically want to give what is my personal advice on what we should do to counteract Trump and stay woke. Fair enough. And uh, so one thing I know I know everyone's like C-SPAN is boring, right. but y'all might have to watch some C-SPAN. I'm sorry. Like you you might have to literally see what Congress is doing. That's people reacting to to, <laughs> to, watching, to watching C-SPAN. But well, don't worry, don't worry. I'll I'll give you a little bit of a break. You need to look at C-SPAN when you first... So I would say, I'm going to, for me, I'm going to check every morning to congress.gov 
and I'm going to see what is being talked about on uh, the house floor. And if you see something that is weird on the house floor, and there's two bills, I should be I should be having this stuff written down. But if you go there, is in one of them is going to be in the popular bills at the top of the page, and that one is going to be the uh, the United States Sovereignty Act of 2017, which basically boils down to getting out of the UN. Oh wow! Yeah. So that is one where if you want one of the big things you need to start contacting your governor or your senators and your house members for, it's that bullshit. Wow. Well, that's uh, it's not good news. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be it'll be tough times. I mean, they have uh, they have a majority in in the houses in the house and the senate. They have so. a majority, and so but if you can stop it at the house because the house. It's the house, well, it's the House of Representatives, right? So you're going to just have to sway. You're going to have to get other Republicans. Like, because we have Republican House members in Washington. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because our, our whole state isn't blue. Like, you know, our little sliver of Seattle is blue. Yeah, that's very blue. Right. But, uh. The other one is, if this is something you care about, I know I cared about it because I wouldn't have marched on Saturday if I didn't, is there is another proposal that's basically saying life starts at fertilization. Come on. That's right. Life starts at fertilization. That's ridiculous. If you don't understand the implications of that, if you don't understand like the process of pregnancy, an egg can be fertilized. But not every single fertilized egg turns into a zygote. In order for it to turn into a zygote, it has to attach to the uterine wall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, right? Like, like, seriously, so you're trying to say, like, if I smash my girl, how the fuck you gonna know if she fertilized or not? You're gonna put some nano machines in her or something, constantly tracking her? (laughs) (laughs) all right like like at fertilization right like that that bill itself and and think about this that bill has 20 sponsors all of them are fucking men i even look that's them clapping over there support of that right wow and and like i looked at one and i was like oh it's someone named jody oh it might be a girl no it's a dude the dude named jody i'm like yo they like that counts. Y'all fucking tripping. That counts. The, the the diversity of our group is huge. And, and like he just look he just looks like that guy who probably owned a pizza shop back in your small town that was like I really think that women shouldn't be able to just abort children, man. Like God said that these children need to be alive. There's a right to life. So when is he? So he's eliminating all of these departments. When is he gonna like create his new department of the wall? <laughs> apparently like apparently his... tomorrow is supposed to uh write an executive order to divert federal funds to start building a wall wow yeah start building a wall yeah putting people to work do you want to go work on the wall fuck no I work on the wall why is any <laughs> walling off canada right like like oh oh you like canada but you, you like like fuck those brown people to the south yeah right like white people to the north yeah right brown people to the south fuck you Cause you're brown, <laughs> like, like seriously? Yeah, that's, it's not cool. 
It's sad. Okay, that's enough of the soundboard. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's tough out there, man. And uh, to stay positive and keep the people motivated. So you said that was one of your personal segments was to to deliver that. What was your other one? You you might have. Basically, my second uh personal segment is why I marched in the women's march, but also oh, yeah. what I learned in the aftermath. Let's let's segue to that. So of the you, women's march. So the women's march uh occurred this last Saturday, which would have been the twenty first of January two thousand seventeen. I always gotta keep saying that slowly so I remember. And uh it it actually ended up being based originally in DC but had a lot of um satellite marches all throughout the country, including here in Seattle. Yeah, and across the world, all seven continents, even Antarctica. Wow. wow. Yo, some Antarctica women are probably pretty cool, man. That's that's a tough place to live. They're man. scientists. Yeah. I actually watched the uh, documentary. It's called, like, A Year on the Ice. Mm. It's a pretty good one. It was out there on Netflix for a bit. Uh, but, uh, yeah. It's uh so the women's march give us give us your your feedback your POV from that experience in the aftermath. So definitely like when you, when you at least think of like marches. So the first march I technically ever went to was the Million Man March, and that was in Washington D.C. And, and you, you that came, came from Philadelphia at that time. Yeah, so, I came from Philadelphia, and it basically felt like the same way that the the women's march felt like. Like you got to the National Mall. You had a lot of people talking. You had people talking about like what they care about. The Million Man March was about strengthening the the bond black men are supposed to have. Like it's about taking personal responsibility to be better black men. So that's what that was about. And then the Women's March was about putting awareness, saying like I'm not gonna let my rights go away. And then, but I think one of the things that we we have to make important, and one thing that I saw on my Facebook feed is making sure that we have intersectionality, because a lot of it, like basically, the women's march catered to cisgendered straight white women, which right. which there's nothing wrong with that by itself. But if you just say that, and that's naturally how it comes across, then you alienate, you know, trans women, right? You also alienate trans men because you're basically saying like the pussy hats i get it they were a good central idea and they worked for people to know but you know i have trans friends who are like you know what i don't, don't like represented by that yeah my gender isn't represented by my genitalia right so and, and that's a lot of things people have confusion over they're like i'm like sex is determined by genitalia and gender is determined by brain chemistry and and things like that. So I would have to look up. But there are studies out there. Like, I will definitely say that there is room for interpretation when it comes to certain studies because they, they haven't come to an exact scientific consensus. Right. But it's leaning towards there. So I don't have any problem if people are telling me, hey, this is how I feel inside in the preliminary science is agreeing with them, I have no problem calling them what they want to be called. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And yeah. then when it comes to uh, women of color, uh, I think it was understanding that uh, the privilege that white women had when they marched that they weren't going to be, you know, gassed or tased. Like, like there, was, there was fear that wasn't going to happen, but... 
it, it didn't nothing broke out everything was peaceful and i was like a big like a big win for some people and other people were like well it was only like that because they were white and i can understand where they were like based on my experience with black lives matter marches there's always police and riot gear right but at like at that one Police had pussy hats on, right? So that's the contract. <laughs> Police had pussy hats on. Wow. Yeah, that uh, yeah, that whole that whole uh knit hat thing was 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 an interesting kind of like offshoot of of what was going on, a visual of what was going on. Um yeah, uh, going forward, I mean, so your participation at the time, let's say, because you were saying some of that came from, like, kind of, like, review of the experience from and hearing from other people. How was the march in your mind being present with, like, over 100,000 people from what the numbers are saying now? Yeah, I mean, Seattle had, um, uh, what is it, 130,000 people. Uh, I think there was about 500 or 600,000 people in the one in Washington, and then there's about quarter of a million people in New York City and Chicago and LA, I believe. So I think it's making a statement like, well, I think people's concerns are being heard. And I think there are people who have criticisms of those concerns. And, And what I've surmised from what I've read of their criticisms, it's basically saying I have either, is either saying I have American privilege. So I think your concerns are bullshit or they're saying, I don't feel like my rights are being infringed upon. So I think your march is bullshit, right? Those are the two things. And the reason why I wanted to say that I marched is because I marched because women don't have autonomy in, in our culture. Right. Like there's so many little microaggressions that if you... Like, remember when Trump was all about, like, grabbing by the pussy, right? And if you looked on Fox News, there's, like, there was a group of, like, five women who was sitting down. They're like, how do you feel about this? They're like, we don't know. Our husbands just say that. It's like, like, that's locker room talk. Like, it's like, so, and, and then there is also the counters to that where we're like, no, that's not locker room talk. And, and what I want to say is, I'm like, no guys y'all talk like that in the locker room i mean by that i mean you talk like that to each other when you're around your homies and nobody's fucking listening right and like you know that happens more often than it does not right so or well, what i'm saying it's a frequent occurrence right and uh there is a certain culture of man who that is a part of their everyday being and their identity of being a man Right. It's like, so yeah. that's what we're combating against, where where they feel like the the non autonomy that a woman has is not only like the status quo, but the way it always should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it, well, right, and then and they're and they're <clears throat> hopefully fighting a losing battle if they believe that you know it, it has to stay not equal you know i mean that's that the 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 scales are leaning in the direction of equality you know eventually yeah so and and that's what i want to say about like because i've always heard people saying that white women voted for trump and i'm like yeah a certain type of white woman the real housewives of trump county voted for trump like so if you watch any real housewives show right 
Like the newer ones, like New York, like New York is the Real Housewives show that voted for Hillary. Because you see those ladies, and those ladies are independent. Their their man is their partner, right? They do their own thing. It's like when you watch Sex in the City. Sex in the City was never like, oh, I need my man to be like this, right? It was always like, you know, I'm Carrie Bradshaw. I'm the fucking tits, bitch, right? Like, like that's that's who was at the fucking women. The Women's March, right? But if you go to the Real Housewives of Orange County, those were the ladies who voted for Trump. Right. And if you know that difference, and you know how they're just like, I'm going to be the dutiful wife. The dutiful wife doesn't care about her autonomy because her she believes in that relationship that a lot of uh, Christians do about God has the highest role of it all. Then comes the the husband, and then under that is the wife. All right, so... So they're following that norm. Exactly, yeah. right. And and that's in, in, entrenched in the way they are. So when you're battling against that, basically you have to break them out of Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, okay. And and I don't, maybe that's a little harsh because some people just benefit from having the, the single, the one person that brings home the bacon while she's the stay-at-home mother. So um, hopefully we'll see what happens here after this. It may not work. Um, yeah, no, it's uh it's it's a, it's an interesting argument that you know we have to stand up and and oppose uh these gender inequalities and at the same time recognize that you know one day one movement, one group of people wearing the same hat, you know, is not a movement. You know, it that's a statement. You know, and the movement takes additional work, you know, and it's going to entail yep. it's going to take some additional uh, inclusivity in order to expand the the movement so that some other groups, some other people that are feeling kind of pushed out by it are, are able to accept it and also support it, you know. And oh, and I feel bad because I mentioned I mentioned trans women, uh, I uh, mentioned women of color, but I didn't say anything about women with disabilities because they also felt left out of it, so... Right, right. It being a physical march as well, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's, and I mean, you know, a lot of people will hear those arguments and be like, "Oh, that's people nitpicking," or you know what I mean. But like, no, it's, inclu- it's inclusivity. That's yeah, it. Yeah, and and that's not, you know, that's not what this country is su- supposed to be about. You know, that's the key is because we have these ideals that we're supposed to be living up to. And it's up to us and the people in charge of us and the people running to fulfill those promises. Right. And and a lot of them are largely going unfulfilled. And that's what we're starting to see. And people are becoming more vocal about that reality, both in terms of minorities, in terms of poverty, in terms of women. Yeah. It's it's out there, you know. And yeah. Go for it. Because uh, I definitely – one of the common things I see in various Facebook discussions when it basically you come from the – like if you're really liberal on the left and there's people who's very conservative on the right, there's always this thing where the discussion – like everyone, they will – the people on the right will always blow you off if you're like – you know, race is an important thing. They're like, why well, you always got to make it about race? You're being divisive, Right. And then, and then you have to go to them, and you have to explain to them, like, no, we're explaining race because to some people, they think things correlate to race. 
So they go in through their mind and they say, this person is black, so... And even if you do it as, like, this person is black, so he must listen to rap music, right? That's a harm... Like, like that's harmless when it comes to implicit bias. But when you up that Andy to, he's black, so he might steal something, that's when you start getting dudes followed in the store. Yeah. Right? So, like, the first the first thing what we're talking about when they say, like, black people have issues in America that's due to race, it's due to shit like that. But then when someone counters with it saying, like, like, well, my white privilege doesn't give you opportunity, I'm like, no, your white privilege gives you autonomy. Like, it, because nobody goes in, goes into a store and goes, that person is white. He's going to steal something. Exactly. So um, I'm going to play uh, some of this interview. It's some uh, fellow podcasters on a television show on Viceland called Desus Romero, but they're and they bring these on, and it's appropriate today because it has a lot to do with the Women's March. So um, I want to yeah. tune into this. We have two guests for the price of one. Yeah, you might guys. know them. They invented shea butter moisture. They did. Helps your curls. Nah, it's the homegirls. Heaven and Tracy, host of another round of podcasts. The actual podcast friends. To win a Grammy, by the way. Did they? They won a Grammy. All right. Yeah. This is true. And I thought he was lying. He's, he's always high in line. So. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's cool. It Get up for Heaven and Tracy. <laughs> Did you go to the Women's March this weekend? No. No? Uh-huh. Por qué? Uh, Do you have thoughts on the Women's March? Yeah, not bad. I mean, I have a thought or two. Okay, so... Tracy's <laughs> <laughs> been tweeting about this all weekend. <laughs> I have! She's been tweeting about this. No, I mean, I feel like it's very logical, right? My feeling as a woman of color, mm-hmm. black woman in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. A WOC. If you will, Walk. I will allow it. Wow! 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 Yeah. I was against it, but now yeah, <laughs> it's fun. But so, like, capital F feminism is white feminism, right? Mm-hmm. And white feminism is when you know white women fight for actual things, but black women are like, you know what? I really want you to have the right to work outside the home. I'm being murdered in the streets, you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like whenever there's like a woman's issue mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me that brings white women out in droves i'm like y'all got it because y'all showed up y'all ready i know that there's a front line elsewhere when my black folks were i'm needed more because y'all not gonna show up for us mm. so word i just didn't feel like right? i was like needed and i think that no that's that's like, what's been going on on facebook women. that's basically what they've been saying yeah so I caught that interview last night on the Desus and Mero show, and I yeah I thought that, that kind of fit in because it sounded I was it was mirroring kind of what you were talking about, and so that's an interesting take, right? Because she's not not supporting it, but she's also saying that you know, it's it, it's it's not the only answer, you know. Actually, if you have a if you have a chance, there is a YouTube series called Black People Don't, and one of them is Black People Don't Do Feminism. And it'll it'll let you it'll let you know why black people don't do feminism, and it's that same it, it, it's those same statements. And the one that thing that struck me that I was very I was very surprised by when I first heard it is one of the ladies on there was directly asked like if there was issues about being a woman and issues about being black, which one would you choose first? And she without hesit well I shouldn't say without hesitation, but she was basically like being black right because that affects me more in my everyday life than being a woman right and i'm just like yeah real talk yeah that's how it is yeah 
Yeah, it's uh, yeah, and and, and that's kind of where when we're when we're looking forward in this uh, Trump universe, uh, you know, we hope these issues aren't being swept under the rug. No, I mean, like I guess to touch on, I have, I didn't touch on Law and Order today only because his recent activity has done nothing to do with like police forces and doing things like that. So yeah. yeah, but it is on his website now, so he does care about law enforcement, and that is like that is another. So basically, like y'all might, some of y'all might be up there in butthurt when I say this, but. Basically, Trump is about maintaining white privilege, but especially for those in the flyover states who way of life, to some degrees, have been taken away. So, yeah, we'll see how far that needs to go for them to be fulfilled. And I, I am, I'm, I'm lurking in the shadows. I'm lurking, <laughs> I'm fucking lurking, keeping an eye out. Yeah, and. I do think it's time that uh, we coalesce as Democrats again, and I know that sounds like a weird statement, but that's that's what we have to do is we have to make that coalition come back together. Yeah, because but you might hate me. We have to individually go into these districts and these counties and get people that we actually support their values to run and have them representing us so that when the time comes and we get an election again either four years or eight years down the line uh we have a response you know it will better be four years yeah i mean four years is a long enough time what so where i'm at is what the democrats really need to look at if they're serious is they have to understand that because we pride ourselves on being a little bit more skeptical and a little bit more you know investigative about our thoughts you have a fucking divide. You have a divide from your really well-off Democrats who benefit from a slightly oligarchical system. And you have your Democrats who are like, who are actually feel like they're economically kind of swimming around the same way the uh, the populist conservatives are. And the only way you're going to bring them together is a candidate that is going to address both of their issues. Yeah. And, and the reason, and, and because, like, if you don't take notice that you had a fucking split between an independent who said socialism is good for everybody versus an establishment candidate who, is it blasphemous for me to say, well, no, I shouldn't say that. She she was an establishment candidate who happened to be a woman. That 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 is basically what it is. And that worked against her in the primary against Trump supporters, right? But it felt like the Democrats didn't care about politics this time around because they were basically like, all right, Bernie, you have enough of a following, so I guess you can come to the debate. But the DNC, with their actions, basically said, no. Yeah, you're not. We're going to have a woman president now. Yeah. And I don't disagree with that, but if you – if you're just going to drop all political discourse just because she's a female, it's kind of sexist. Like, it's, it's, it's like, okay. Well, all, all I'm saying, I guess, is in two years, we're going to start having midterm elections, and we're going to have to have candidates that... Oh, oh, no. I'm telling people now, 2018, January 1st, 2018, to start looking at your primaries. Yeah. 
Yeah. Cool. Start start looking at your fucking primaries. That's it. But what I what I feel like is I feel what I want to happen is I think there's conservatives that are going to look at the populist right because the Tea Party is the populist right. And you know who controls government now? The populist fucking right. And the populist right in some instances are actually very informed. In other instances, they couldn't argue their way out of a paper bag. Yeah. Right? So so what I want to happen is I know there's conservatives out there who are moderate conservatives. And I want moderate conservatives to join forces with moderate Democrats. But what I think moderate Democrats need to do, at least in my opinion, is understand to have foresight that the future of this country is going to automation. Like, that, that's, that's like there's not going to be jobs for the little man very soon. So what are you going to do for the American people that is going to allow them to prosper in this time of automation that will will accelerate a lot in the next 15 years or so? Yeah. So uh, scrolling down a aggregate news site today, uh, just to hit some of the headlines, uh, Trump signs executive order enabling construction of proposed border wall and targets sanctuary cities and trying to get local leaders who refuse to hand over illegal immigrants for deportation to which includes our fair Seattle and of course our neighbor city Portland as well as San Francisco so that's interesting and then uh <laughs> blowing your nose on the podcast it probably is picked up and uh and then uh and then uh the he has three judges that he's lined up that he's probably gonna pitch to be one of the Supreme Court nominees, and this is an interesting one. He threatens to send in the feds if Chicago doesn't improve its homicide rate. What? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What? Yeah, so I clicked on that one. So according to oh, shit. That, a Washington that, Post th- article, there there's gonna be a race war. Like that that's not cool. Quote: If Chicago doesn't fix the horrible carnage going on, I will send in the feds. So that's straight from the Donald. And uh, yeah, it's interesting that he still can tweet from his regular Twitter account too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not gonna go anywhere. He like double. He like like he's like double tweeting though. It's like it's. But seriously, like that all that's gonna turn into is more of an excuse to do racial profiling. That that that's it. Yeah. That I mean, that's not gonna turn out good because I mean they they already see like when they create quotas like that. This is just an invitation to create a quota system. They're gonna pick what their quote unquote low hanging fruit is, which the quote unquote statistics say it's black people shooting black people in the south side. Yeah, right. Like very specific areas. Right. So, so yeah. then, and then they're just gonna stop every single fucking black person. Like, what the fuck? You got a gun on you? You got drugs on you? Yeah. What are you doing? And then it's just gonna be the convict leasing system all over again. Yeah. Right. But I mean, so it's. That's that's fucking bullshit. So, like, really? So for a statistic, so what he's combating, uh, last year Chicago listed it having 762 homicides. It's a lot. 
So it's a lot. So obviously it is a big issue. Yeah, 738 homicides when they have a population of over a million people. Yeah. That's yeah. that's under 1% of people. Yeah. Now that is making a mountain out of a molehill. Now, now I'm not saying that it's, it's not a problem, but to escalate the problem to the point to say that you're going to bring in the feds to do what? Yeah. To oppose law and order? What are you going to do? Do, uh... Stop. Put martial law down. Have people have curfews. Probably. Right. Are you gonna have martial? You gonna have marshals on every corner so they so people don't shoot up corner stores, right? Are you gonna try to amend turf wars that uh, gangs, rival gangs, could be having? Are you gonna try to educate people who think the only way they can find a way out of the socioeconomic problems that are the hood is to join a gang? Like, seriously, what the fuck is bringing in feds going to do? Like, that's bullshit. That is placating to your populist South who basically just thinks that all black people who live in the inner city are fucking thugs. Like, that's all that does. That is bullshit. Like, that is complete other, other, utter fucking bullshit. Like, milk that all you want, Donald Trump, but that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> And he will, you know, unfortunately. He milks he's gonna milk this country. Like that's that's the uh that's the sad part, is it's gonna it, only one family is gonna benefit from this situation and their last name is Trump. Uh huh. You know. Well, buddy boy, I mean, uh so your favorite road trip movie was Euro Trip. I'm I'm gonna go with Rain Man, I did enjoy that one. The gambling is fun. Him uh, counting all the uh, all the toothpicks on the ground. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's gonna be mine. Uh, I'm saying uh, we are four women, so we vote yes on that. Uh, you know, we're holding out on uh, Trump. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we we don't like what he's doing, but. You know what I mean? It's so yeah, my yeah, my quick rundown is check congress.gov every day. See what is being talked about on the show or on the floor. If it's one of those big ones like the UN one or the abortion one, start listening to what they have to say. Yeah. Right? But also, I wonder I I need to check on this and I'll check on this for the next one. I'll put it in the callback section. Want to see if you can look at the schedule ahead of time. So you can know when they start talking about it. But now that you know that it's an issue, you can look and see when they propose new bills. So if you see a new bill, be proactive. Be, and be call proactive. your constituents and say, I do not support this bill. When you see this bill, vote no, and here's why. Right? And then you got to encourage – like, and what we have to do too is use virality to our advantage. Right? And what we also have to do is we have to get our – virality to have spillover into other bubbles if we don't have our virality to get spillover in other bubbles then we're not going to have enough people who hear our message we're going to have to get the people who live in the liberal pockets in those primarily red states to be like hey we need your voice we need to go out there and say yo we think this is an issue listen to us right Dropping the bomb. Yeah. 
<laughs> but there is um so there is a thing going on too that I don't know if it's gonna be like a natural or a national uh surgeons, but there's something out of Portland called Let's Talk. And basically it's getting people who are on both sides of the coin to like come into a town hall like setting and discuss and go through the things that are on their mind and how they're thinking. And there is going to be one in Seattle. I don't have all the information on it. I just met with a friend today that talked about it. So I do plan to be there. It's going to be in Ballard. So if you live in Seattle, I would say keep like the last weekend, that Sunday of February free. And it'll start around 1. But once I know more information about it, I will relay it to you guys. But yeah, we're going to start. We're going to have to start like basically because of Trump. <laughs> we're gonna have to start thinking about how the moderates can come together. Yeah, and yeah, and form a a, a consensus in the middle that actually uh, has an agenda that can can get through and has the people to to support it. That's 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 a good uh that's a good place to transition, man, out and uh and for us to to go off into our. Uh, our endeavors. Um, uh, and as always, you can follow us at howyouliveing.com. It's where you can find all the um, wonderful episodes of this show. This is, of course, episode six. Uh, you can follow Chaz at uh, CRSII on Twitter. Oh. And I will be using my Twitter more now. I will, when I see something that's like, y'all motherfuckers need to know, I'm going to let you know. Yeah. So, you know, start following me and. And I am doing my best to keep abreast of what both sides are doing. So, uh, so right now I listen to Laura Ingram, uh, uh, Mark Levin, a little bit of Rush Limbaugh uh, when it comes to the conservative side. I also watch a little bit of Louderwit Crowder. Um, uh, <coughs> and when I want to get like a good explanation of uh, what the conservative platform is and what their ideals are, I go to Prager University. But if you have any ideas of any other conservative media I need to consume to get a better gist of uh, what's going on, I want everything from intellectual conservatives to, you know, the populist conservatives who are like, I'm the little person, I want to be heard. Right. But also, like, I don't feel, I don't do a lot with the liberal stuff. Like, I'm watching Bill Maher now because he's back on and I'm watching uh last week tonight with John Oliver when he comes back in a couple weeks yeah uh yeah. full frontal with uh Sarah B Samantha B Samantha B god damn Formal. it you're good it's good oh, I sorry. like it you know you're good man <laughs> one of one of the few amazing canadian uh hostesses right out there and then you have the daily show and then other than that you have like NPR but I don't have a really good like liberal talk show or anything like that. So if you can point me to a good liberal talk show that I can consume, yeah, to kind of get like where the liberals are coming from. And uh, then... Meet the Press is a good one because uh, it's on every week. It literally will always be on on Sunday, and you'll get a viewpoint from a couple. It's a little boxed because there's segments, and so when you have segments, you have segment producers. So it's it's all for TV. But but the information coming out of it, you're, you're getting hints of actually what's what what these Congress people are saying. So that's a good one for you. It's it's pretty liberal-ish. It's trying to be middle of the road, but it's very liberal. Um, yeah, you can follow me at Seatown Mayor. That's S-E-A-T-O-W-N-M-A-Y-O-R, because I'm supporting your local coastal municipality. 
Greenwood is good today, man. I had a I had a wonderful walk around Green Lake earlier. Uh, saw the sunset. Check my Instagram at uneditedpdx if you want to see these lovely photos I took today. Otherwise, um, we're peacing out, man. And as a wise man once said, it's me against the world. That's right. Peace, love, and happiness. And don't forget to be awesome. Oh, and I think I said last time I always wanted to send you guys off with a, like, something I want you, like, to look at and everything. So, because you need to be abreast of everything that happens in government, probably take, like, a day or two, go over to Crash Course, and look at Crash Course Politics. There or Cash Course Government. There you go. There you go. Free school online. All right, folks. Peace out. Enjoy. Take care. Peace. See you next time. Next week.